What it do, golf fans? Welcome back to the Turn Dogs Golf Podcast. This is Liam. Alongside me is Jack. Jack, we had a wild week in golf. It was uh, it was rainy. It was cold. It was windy. It was. It's sad when we're out in the Midwest and warmer than golfers in California. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a weird week. Let's just say it as it was. Um, the 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 weather was awful. We had a Monday finish. Uh, I have a gut feeling there was all of about six people that were actually able to watch it today. One of them being you, uh, that was really able to fully watch the finish on the Monday, but it was, oh, it was I a weird it. week. What'd you think of the week? Yeah, I think this is a, it, in terms of a betting podcast, this is a week we can kind of blow over. This is not like perfect weather. We really got to see the test of xyz golfer and what they did for the week but no. it was awesome i still love pebble beach i love spyglass i love monterey it was just a beautiful week overall i have to admit i had featured hole seven up on my tv for probably 12 hours this weekend so i loved it but um we're going to the waste management this week i mean there's not really much to cover you can obviously talk over me in terms of what's going to come from pebble but it's hard to really diagnose it from that weather yeah, it's it. I mean, you'll notice it. I mean, I think Jordan Spieth at one point on Saturday was he was like six under contending up towards the top. Next thing you know, the wind and the weather starts coming in. I think he lost six shots in about eight, not? in about eight holes because of the weather. Next thing you know, he's like scraping by the cut line. Um, so it was really a weird test of the week. Uh, shout out. We haven't even said his name, but shout out to Justin Rose. Uh, first win in four years on tour. Rosie. Uh, I'm a little salty. I actually, again, he was my winner's pick the previous week at the farmers. Um, unfortunately I was a week too early on him. That seems to kind of be a theme of the pod. Um, especially this year. I'm just a little sad because it's not like a big name that I just missed out on. It's Justin Rose. Um, so good for him. There's a few other nice names up top. Denny McCarthy, he was in the top five. That was nice to see. Uh, there's a few names that are really disappointing to see all the way on the bottom. Uh, ben Griffin, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick. I mean, just to name a few that stuck out in my lineup specifically and really tanked me. I need to cut you off. How dare yeah. you not call out the GOAT. Keith Mitchell, fourth place, tied for fourth place. You got a recognized game right there. That was awesome. That's fair. I forgot your uh your affectionate love for for Keith, but he was in there as well. Uh I mean, Jack, let's just let's just run through this real fast. Uh for DraftKings and FanDuel, Jack and I went a combined 0 for 4. Uh not a hot week for us, that's for sure. Uh as far as as far as my my lineups go, I mean, I had guys like Tano Goya and Ryan Armour who made the cut and finished in the fifties and actually gave me good money. Same with Nick Hardy T 41, but I've got David Lipsky, Ben Griffin and Fitzpatrick that all missed the cut. And unfortunately I, I just couldn't come back for it. Uh, even though I had Victor in both lineups who finished T 13, it just didn't matter. Um, in FanDuel, I, I, I mentioned this to Jack. Jack is well aware of it. I made it very clear. Um, I had Matt Fitzpatrick in both DraftKings and FanDuel. I switched in FanDuel from Matt Fitzpatrick to Jordan Spieth. They were $100 off. Um, Matt Fitzpatrick has an injury concern that he's kind of going to have to keep an eye on this week as well, too. Uh, so just keep an eye out for that when you're looking at your your waste management lineups and bets and everything else. Agreed. Yeah, my DraftKings and FanDuel. Um, DraftKings, Maverick McNeely withdrawal. 
Ben Griffin, I don't even want to mention him. Trey Mullinex, I think, is awful. And then Matai Schwab missed cut. FanDuel, Matt Fitzpatrick missed cut horrifically. Yep. That yep. I had like Seamus Power, great. Dietrich, like 40, 37th. Ben Griffin, you know, missed cut. Nick Hardy, 41. So we had like just middle of the road. It's not going to cut it. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough scene. I mean, uh, again, we'll just chop it up to a weird week with the, with the weather and everything else going in it. I, I think at this point, you just don't overthink it. You continue to to play golf the way you play golf and, and bet golf the same way you normally bet golf and just try not to try not to think too in-depth into this week as a whole. Uh, continuing on to my otherwise awful week, I went 0 for 3, 0 for 3 on bets. Um, so obviously I lost three units there. I was a little above my skis. Um, I was on an absolute heater. Uh, I calculated it out and explained to Jack. I was at, uh, negative 13.74 units. I think about five, six weeks ago, prior to the start of the century, uh, started last week. I was at 1.69 under, I, I was due for a little bit of regression. I was, I was taking shots. I mean, it's I start market, baby, you go up, you get a little bit of a hiccup and it goes back to normal. Yeah. You know, I was, I was feeling confident. I had Ben Griffin top 20 at plus three ninety. Um, I had Spieth Fitzpatrick or Hovland to win at two fifty, And then I'd speak again at plus plus one twenty. Um, You know, you, you try and it's all right. I'm, I'm, I'm going back to what worked for me previously prior to the start of it all. So we're going to, we're going to get back into it. Yeah. You got to ride the hot hand. It's like poker. You just got to know when to pull out. Uh, my week was a little bit better. I was up 0.45 units. Any wins, a good win. Um, Hovland top 20. That was a good win. We had Matt Fitzpatrick top 20. That was a loss. Looked good up until, you know, hole 37. Um, Seamus Power top 20 was plus 205. That was a winner. Thomas Dietrich was a stretch at top 20, just because obviously more odds weren't out. He finished 37th. Maverick McNeely was top 20 at plus 175 and he withdrew. So you know how that one goes, but 0.45 units up for that one, 15.25 units up on the 2023 season. And if you're following along, which you should on social media as well, uh, the last three weeks, I've done some additional bets once they come out, you know, matchups, top 40, top 30, et cetera. We were up um, a good, a little bit this week. So we had Thomas Dietrich top 40 at minus 130. That was a winner. We had Denny McCarthy top 40 minus 120. That was a winner. Seamus Power, top 30, minus 120. That was also a winner. And then Ben Griffin and Maverick McNeely were both losses. Um, so I think I calculated. I don't have the number directly up in front of me this week, but we're up 11.79 units alone in extra bets in the last three weeks. There you go. Yeah, the uh, the extra bets are coming in strong. I mean, when Jack's got a little extra time to look through, get all those top 40s and stuff like that, and we're not rushing to get you guys out a video on Monday nights, I mean, Jack can really go through and and win you some easy money on some sportsbook mistakes. That's for sure. Yeah, so I appreciate um, our TikTok has gotten a lot of viewership and a lot of followers over the last couple of days here, especially the last week. So I appreciate you guys jumping in and I can see it. And uh, don't hesitate to leave a comment or a like or tell me what's going on with your bets. And Jack, just so everyone knows, what's our TikTok handle and what's our Twitter handle? Yeah, so our TikTok handle is Turn Dog Golf. You can also type in Turn Dog Golf Podcast and then go ahead and follow us on Twitter as well. That's at Turn Dogs Pod. Uh, but you can type in Turn Dogs Golf Podcast and the search bar will pop up as well. Perfect. All right. There we go. That way, that way you guys can, can follow along with Jack and, and talk about all the bets that you guys want to put in throughout the week. Um, let's go to winners again. We're going to continue my, my bad week last week. I had Andrew, Andrew Putnam and David Lipsky and they both missed the cut. So Jack, how'd you do? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say, I mean, I did pretty good. We obviously didn't get a winner's pick like I did with Max Holm the other day, but um, yeah. Nick Taylor 
finished at 20th and then Kevin Kisner 34th. So in terms of a marginal week on that weather field, I'm taking that to the yep. bank. Yeah, no, that definitely works. Um, and then just go right into it. How were your wild card picks? Well, they were fine. I did, I went over two. I had Doc Redmond top 20 at plus 900. He finished 41st. And then Luke Donald top 20 was plus 775. He missed the cut. But I think after Thursday, he was in like solo third. So I felt really high for about four hours. Um, but I, I said from the beginning, I had no confidence with such a weak field. They're just going to chop up to someone random and I didn't want to throw anything out there with confidence. So I just had some fun. Yeah. I, uh, I continued on with one of my misses on that, uh, Jordan Spieth, Fitzpatrick and Hovland to win at plus two fifty. Um, and then again, we're going to, we can go to the ruling here. If you want, Gary Kigo was T 20th. Um, and I had him top 20 at plus 400. So are we counting that as a win or are we counting that as a wash? It depends on what, no, it'll technically be a win. It depends on your sports book that you do. Um, there's some that do a dead heat reduction where you won't win the full four units back. You might win like 2.5, but there's some that will do ties included. So you'll just have to go back. All right. Well, I didn't For win this, anything we're doing... else all week. No, so... no, I'm cutting you off. This is a plus 400. <laughs> if you see a wild card, this is your first time. I think we're at like 75% hits yeah. on wild cards at plus 400. So if you see a 400 coming your way, please let it be known that it probably is hitting at a percentage. Yeah, I mean, I also didn't win anything else all week, so I'm going to take the Garrick Higo top 20. Uh, you know, g- give me something here just to just to feel good about myself on an otherwise awful week. Um, all right, I think that's it in terms of in terms of Pebble. Let's move on to one of one of my favorite non-major events. Is that is that a better accurate way of stating it? I didn't want to offend anybody. Like obviously Augusta's Augusta, and you got Pebble and Tory and everything else. But this is one of Liam's personal favorite non-majors, and I think it's because I've I've been to this event twice. I've worked this event uh, during college, and the atmosphere of somebody in their mid twenties that that likes to have a good time at a golf event is is very appealing for me so this is this event definitely piques my interest yeah i think I'm, i don't get me wrong this event is one of the best on the calendar and it's going to be an elevated field and be awesome to watch the golf purist in me still thinks this is not what a golf event should look like i know that everybody disagrees when yeah. i see a hole in one i shouldn't see beer cans on the <laughs> throw it anywhere but the green <laughs> just throw bunker rough leave the green because that messes up for everybody else i know that's such yeah. a dumb way of thinking but i can't yeah change it. You're, you're referring to sam Ryder's hole in one last which, year specifically which espn plus please stop showing it <laughs> yes. it's almost a year old and i've seen it seven thousand times i know what happens please yeah it's uh it's one of the most repetitive things they've shown and it's uh it's brutal but you know we we're gonna we're i digress gonna yeah we're, we'll make it work let's get into the uh to the waste management of phoenix open here it's a par 71 totaling 7260 yards last year's winner was scotty scheffler uh scotty scheffler was not the same scotty scheffler a year ago this week that he was now um this was the start of him winning four tournaments last year uh, this, this court last year, the event went to a playoff between him and Patrick Cantlay. Um, so Heath, the gala was leading in this event for a little while on Sunday and that he kind of struggled and fell off. Took the driver on 17. 
Yeah, he took the drive around 17. 17 is a drivable par four. I'd want to say that, like, what, 90 to 95% of golfers go for 17. Oh, right? you have to. I, I just, I, again, the golf purist in me thinks you don't do that when you have or are tied with the lead. Yeah. You try to preserve it instead of go for it, which I'm sure every mental coach says to go for it. But I, it, it costs him the tournament. But at the same time, that's such valuable experience that in some cases it might be better to lose like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just out, so I, I'm just going to say it as it is. Outside of Sahith Tagala finishing fourth last year, some of the other big names that were in that top ten: Scotty Scheffler, Patrick Cantlay, Xander Shoffley, Brooks Kepka, John Rahm, Sung J M. I mean, this top ten last year was absolutely loaded with big so names. Basically, what you're saying is if you bet any type of a favorite. You won money in some facet. Yeah, probably. I mean, last year, whoever could fit the most favorites into their lineups and also snuck in Sahith definitely won it uh, for sure. Yeah, and I want to say real quickly, point out, um, this is actually the anniversary of the podcast being born. This is the tournament that we kicked off with. So this yep. is the one-year episode of where we're going. So I just want to point out really quickly, thank you for being with us for an entire year. And here's to many more. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the year. So we've done now what four, probably 45 podcasts worth of worth of golf Wild. pods. Who is is grown? We've gotten a little better over time. You know, we're not the same uh Yeah, amateur, I think we start off amateurs. by uh at 10,000 uh Tony Fino uh five <laughs> yes. cuts uh you know. Now we're like, well, we take a look at strokes gain percentage on this course with Poa Anua Gra, you know. Yeah, I I can use my 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 nerdy in depth knowledge of digging into golfers way too much and actually use it for my benefit. My benefit. Um, a couple of the metrics to really look in into here on on Phoenix confidence. Uh, what confidence? Well, yeah, confidence. Um, the the wording, and I'm gonna quote this: is this is a ball striker's paradise. Uh, putting is completely random here. Bad putters have put, have played well here in the past. So putting is putting is quite random. Um, approach is also extremely important. Obviously, I mean it's again this is this week is less about course history and I think more about you know the ability to handle the crowd. Um, obviously, the entire event is not going to have that same level of volume, but 16, 17, and eighteen do get rowdy. Um, so you need somebody that's either going to embrace the rowdiness or in the case of like a Patrick Cantlay, who again did last year really well, the dude is so stone cold, Steve Austin silent that he can just yeah, his deafen the crowd with 65 it. at 15 <laughs> and 66 at 16. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you need one of the two. You either need a, like a Tom Kim who's going to embrace it or a Cantlay who's going to completely shrug it off. 100%. All right. I mean, that's that's really all I got for Phoenix. All right. We're going to jump into the DraftKings DFS rankings. So we're going to start. I'm just going to group the 10 and the 11K range together. So at the top, the lone 11K is Rambo. And then at the bottom 10K range is Xander Shoffley. Let me just say, this is a dangerous, dangerous category, except for one singular guy that I am a little wary of. And I know, Liam, you are dying to talk about him. So go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Tony Finau is not good here for whatever reason. Uh, don't ask me why, but Tony Finau has missed four of his last five cuts at Phoenix. Um, the other time he played this event, he did finish second. He lost in a playoff. Um, so he has the capability to win, but he just doesn't peak on this course for whatever reason. 
Um, I'm okay kind of staying away from him for this reason. If Tony Finau has to burn me by winning this week, that's a chance I'm kind of willing to take just because there's a lot of other firepower in this range. Yeah, uh, but Tony Finau's the avoid. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but no, I think it's good. one of the things that it definitely plays a role because I, I take a look, like I said, the purest golfer in me, Augusta. That's a course you look at for course history back to 1935. Yeah. Tony Finau in the last four weeks of golf, his worst finish is a 16th. So I know a lot of people are going to be like, you guys are idiots. You guys are crazy for sacrificing this. But if you take a look at the field he's stacked against and what the performance have been, number one here, maybe outside of Rory, yeah. but compared to what they've done, I just I just feel like that course history, four out of five and missing cuts, isn't what you want to see at this high of a price range where you can get to a Scotty who, like you had said, won it last year, yep. or Xander, who's just, like you said, probably the best ball striker. Um, Finished third into- last year. Exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's very it's very interesting because I do think that Finau is an is an option if you want to do it, but the big challenge is because this is an elevated event and we have all of these big names in the field. I don't think that Tony is is needed to be at that price for me to be interested. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll break it down for you. I think in terms of my mindset, I'm going, uh, Rom, Rory. Xander, Scotty, Tony. Um, and again, my concern with Scotty is the putter. Now, again, this was the concern for him going into last year at the waste management, and he found his putter here. But I'm okay avoiding it because again, his putter is just not peaking right now. Whereas in the other three, I think all have great win equity. Um, Xander has never finished worse than 20th here in his last five years. Um, obviously Rory McIlroy and John Rahm are Rory McIlroy and John Rahm. I mean, they're the best two golfers in the world. And John Rahm did go to school in Arizona state. He's played this course probably a hundred times. Um, so I'm very comfortable with either of them, but my third option is actually Xander. Yeah. I think I'm right there. Rahm and Rory are definitely one a and one B. I, I think Rahm might have the edge just to touch because of that history. Yep. Um, and then I think Scotty, this is a good week, obviously being, you know, Century TOC 7th, Amex 11th. I think this is a good week where he has that confidence of, hey, did it last year. This is where I started. So he might start to pick up a lot of momentum here. I'm not going to argue anything about Xander Schauff because I think he's one of the best players in the absolute world. Yeah. The only concern I have is that back because a back injury, I have it myself. It's not fun. You can be great for 364 days and go to grab a tea bag out of your cabinet and you're out for a month. So it's one of those things that, especially in a desert course where you're going to have to have some type of maneuvering shots at one point or another, it's not going to be a traditional layout. It just makes me a little cautious. So I'm going, if I were to rank him right now, Rom, Rory, Scotty, Xander, and Tony. Now, again, like you had said, if Tony bites us, good for him. I will applaud him. I'm a Tony fan. If he wins, Good for us and shame on us at the same time. Yeah, I mean, again, I I can't over I can't overthink Tony just because it's it, the whole eighty percent miscut is a bad sign. Yeah, it's it's just a bad look. Um, let's get into this nine K range because I think this nine K range has some haters in. Do you here. mind if I make my traditional "you're stupid" if you don't put them in your lineup comment real quick? Go for it. Yeah, Patrick Cantlay. That's it. That's, I mean, how can you not? It's a little surprising, but I agree. So I'm I'm here for it. What it, What did you like about Cantlay? Number one, yes, you can make the argument if you're listening in the car or on the way to your golf tournament or on the way to work that 
didn't you just see his 26 at the Amex when he blew up on, you know, Saturday? Yeah, absolutely. If you take a look at his stats here, if you take a look at his ball striking, his calmness, this is a course that he really should peek at in a loaded field. Uh, I feel like I've honestly never seen him at a point, especially in a course like this, where he's going to be outside of like top 25. So if he's your number two guy and he's guaranteeing you inside the top 25 with those numbers, it's a lock. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I love Patrick Cantlay this week. Um, I'm going to give it away right now. I have him in both DraftKings and FanDuel. Um, I think I just think who he is as a golfer on this course, it fits all of his styles really, really well. Um, so Patrick Cantlay at 9,500 is, is making all of my lineups. The other guy I like is Justin Thomas. Um, he, similar similarly to Xander, um, has five straight top 20 finishes at this at this event. Um, so he, he's very comfortable with the noise and everything that's going on there. Um, the third guy and the guy that I probably like the most in this entire field almost is Tom Kim at 9,100. Um, so he's one of the better opportunities gained golfers in the entire field. And he's also one of the best approach players in the, in, in the field in the last 36 rounds. Um, his only challenge was he had that one tournament. I think it was the Amex where his putter failed him or no, it was Sony. Tom Kim. Yeah. When did he stink at putting? I think Sony. it was, so was it not Sony? It was either Sentry or he, he oh, had he had one poor putting week. We'll just say that, and that's the only thing you can kind of look at and be like, well, I don't know about this, but you don't really need that this week. Again, as I said earlier, bad putters can do well here, um, as long as they're good with ball striking and approach. And Tom Kim is obviously very good at both of those. So at ninety one hundred, he's definitely strong in my interest uh, down here at the bottom of the nine K range. Yeah, I think you can make a case for a lot of these guys. I mean, you could talk about Matt Max Homa just won two weeks ago. Justin Thomas is obviously one of the best players in the world, but probably hasn't shown what he's capable of yet. So I'm looking out for him. Hideki has course history in a top 10 at the Farmers. Sungjae course history. Tom Kim's ridiculous. Matt Fitzpatrick has an injury and blew me out of the water last week. So I'll be fading him like a bad egg. Um, everything else, honestly, in this category, I don't think if you have a lineup inside of the 11, 10 and nine K range, if you have two or three guys in here, I will not fault you on anybody, honestly. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the way to do it. The only other guy I'll mention similarly to, uh, Finau is Hovland. Hovland is 0 for two on making the cut at this event. Um, so he's a little bit, he's a little bit concerning, but again, he's with him and Finau, this is how I'm picking hairs. I mean, guys that just struggle at this event and don't do well with crowd noise. Um, yeah, you need to have some outlier in terms of this giant loaded field where Tom Kim is 91 and even Spieth. We're going to get to his price point in a little bit. There has to be some decisive factor on why you take a guy over another guy. And I think right now that course history is just the outlier between choosing him and a guy at the same or similar price point as Hideki or M or Kim. Yeah, the other reason too is is this is not a uh, international course, so it doesn't fit Hovland's game. Uh, this is not a resort style course as much, so it doesn't really fit his game. It just doesn't doesn't click all of the normal Hovland tickers that we like when I like throw them in the lineups. Um, so I think at that point we'll go into the eight K range to where I think a, there's going to be a lot of action at the top of this. Uh, we have Cam Young at 8,900 all the way down to Ricky Fowler. Wow. He's back at eight K good for him. That's my guy. So I want to jump out right away. Sahith Agala. 
he is going to be probably the most owned player in this category. Really? I think so. Because here's the thing. The waste management brings in a lot of people that aren't betting on the Genesis Invitational. So in DFS specifically, you're going to get a guy, oh, this is the week I'm going to watch with my buddies and drink beer, or we're going to go there. My lineup, who, oh, I remember that Sahith guy. And it's just, I think in these events and majors specifically, they go back to what they saw last year. Mm -hmm. This is going to be an elevated week um, for him. So I am not fading him in terms of his performance. I'm fading him in terms of his percentage owned in this scenario, where you look at a guy like, Taylor Montgomery, who is worst finish, I feel like since we started covering him, has been like a 30th. Yeah, he um, had one, he had one like T46 outside of that. It's been all T20s almost. Yeah. I mean, Tommy Fleetwood is as good of a ball striker as you can get. I know, you know, obviously him and Shane Lowry did not have what they wanted to in Dubai. I think Shane Lowry was like 110th. Um, but in terms of like what you're looking at, this is a dangerous category. I mean, Ricky Fowler, he has been on a tear lately, and it's so exciting to see. Ricky Fowler is a lead at this course in terms of course history. Um, he did win here in the past. Now, again, some people are, will argue that this is a different Ricky Fowler because um, I think he won back in 2017. 20... When he had the great hair. Yeah, when he had the great hair and he looked like he was still like 15 and a kid. Um, so that was a little while ago, Ricky, but he was there uh for sure. I, I think in terms of popular people, you think it'll be Sahitha Gala. I think it'll be Cam Young. I think people are going to look back on majors last year. You had the U.S. Open. You had the Open. Cam Young was fighting for both of those. Had opportunities to win. Was in the top five. Looked dangerous. I think a lot of people have taken the fall swing off of golf. Just been watching football. I think people will see Cam Young at under 9,000 and be like, well, he played great in the majors last year. So he's like, why is he still this low? And then throw him in on the lineup. I I don't think you need to have him in your lineup for sure. I'm okay missing out on him this week, um, especially considering you have guys like Spieth, Sam Burns, and Montgomery underneath him. Yeah, what I will say too, I and I can't give a definitive reason for this, so I apologize if there's additional research I'm unaware of. A lot of people are high on Terrell Hatton this week. I know he's one of the best putters in the world, but at the same time, putting is not necessarily the factor that I go to as 1A in terms of what research I'm looking at. Yeah. So just be on the lookout that in some of your, if you're doing a bigger pot, he is going to be very owned. And I know he's killing it in the world tour. I think his last two finishes were like a top 40 and a top 10. So he's he's played here once in the past, 2019. He finished 15th. It was great, but that was four years ago. I mean, Four years ago, I it's just not the same. I mean, it takes four years to graduate college, roughly. So and you can be an entirely different person between that four-year gap. Yeah, that's uh, fair. All right, down to the 7K range. Yeah, let me just say real quick, Jason Day should not be 7,900, but he is at the top, um, and then we're going out. It's a, Where do you think he should be? Above Ricky Fowler, based on performance this year. But he, he shouldn't be above Tommy Fleetwood, no? I don't know, but... Um, and then it goes all the way down to Webb Simpson at 7K. There's like 40 guys in this category. So you have to pick your poison. I think Jason Day is far and away one of the best people in this category. I mean, his last two starts on the PGA Tour, the Amex and the Farmers, and both were top 20 and one was a top 10. So he is looking just amazing. One of the other guys I'm really looking out for is this week is Alex Norin. He's been killing it. Um, he went in the Cadence Bank. He was top five in the Abu Dhabi the other week. He was top five. 
Seamus Power obviously coming off um, 15th, 20th in the Abu Dhabi, then 25th at the Century. He is killing it. Uh, Maverick McNeely just withdrew due to a shoulder injury, so a little wary of him. Um, Brian Harmon in this category should have a really good bounce back week. He's just on my no-fly list right now, so I'm giving him a week to <laughs> cool off. Gotcha. There you go. Um, well, I'm going to start off with the man, the myth, the legend, TPC Lee. Um, KH Lee is in here at 7,500. Um, if you're new to the pod or you don't know too much about it, uh, basically KH Lee, for whatever reason, is the legitimate father of all TPC courses. He can stink everywhere else on ever the course, but when a TPC course comes around, the guy will make the cut. He will finish top 40. I, I don't know why I wish I had more metrics behind it, but he just, he just really likes these courses and they fit really well for his style of play. Um, the other guy I'll mention in here is uh, JT Poston. I thought he was 7,300. Yeah, he is. Um, so he's made quite a few cuts and his last four finishes, he's had three straight T 21s. And then last week or at the American express, I should say he was T sixth. Um, so he's playing well recently and he's also got really good course history here. Um, he's played well here and I think he's played here one or two other times. I forget. I don't have the number specifically in front of me, but that's besides the point. Um, course history plus recent history equals going into my lineup for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, those are those are really the the big two names I have in here. I think there are a lot of landmines in here. I mean, if you if you want to get fancy, I think Taylor Moore at seven thousand. Uh, he's got that that T fifteen, that T eleven the last two weeks, so he's got a li- he's on a little bit of a heater. Uh, but it's there's definitely a little bit more mi- risk reward on that. And at, at a certain point, I think it makes more sense to just go into the high six k range, save yourself a little bit of money. Yeah, I 100% agree with the landmines because you could easily go, you know, Kurt Kitayama was 29th, had a share of a great spot in the leaderboard. Andrew Putnam, have we talked about, was for 10 straight weeks, looked like he was going to be top 10 in the Comcast um, billboard or billboard, Comcast top 10. Yeah. Um, and then he finished like 150th. Obviously, I know we were talking about not really ignoring last week. Yeah. Joel Damon right there, another big name. Bre- Brennan, McCarthy. Yeah. Brennan Steele, Lucas Herbert. I mean, even guys like Chris Kirk scared me a little bit in this instance. I know, I know he's a little bit more of a well-known name, but there's just a lot of landmines at the bottom of this of this seven K range. So I would, I, I at a certain point, you kind of want to just drop down, re- really take somebody in this six K range, and just hope that they're gonna, they're they're gonna be the spark, and that way you can reach up a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, while we're at it, we might as well jump into it. Starting at sixty nine hundred, the fullback Scott Stallings all the way down to a bottom to a Michael Hopper. So um, there are some guys in here that you can legitimately fill your lineup with, and I wouldn't be mad at it. Um, for example, a guy that I genuinely like this week is the guy at the top, Scott Stellings, the fullback, 15th at Pebble Beach at the Amex, 25th at the Century, obviously not a great showing at the Farmers, but 74th. Uh, if you can get a cut out of your sixth guy or fifth guy in your lineup, that's yeah. all you can ask for. So 6,900, I'm getting a cut. That's what I look for. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, again, I like a few different options here. Uh, the first one I'll start off is, is Martin Laird at 6,700. Um, he's 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 more known for his course history here than anything else. He's played pretty well here in the past. He had a top five a few years ago. And so he's there. He's there. 
Um, the lowest I would go is 6,600 for Steven Yeager. I would really try and stay him or above. If you're going below below 6,600, then you're really struggling this week. Um, Steven Yeager has elite par five scoring. Um, he's he, he can hit the ball a country mile, that's for sure. So he'll be good. He's also nine for 10 on making his last 10 cuts. And he does have a top 10. I think he's the best option in terms of consistency at this range. I did love Lonto Griffin. Unfortunately, he did withdraw because of an injury. Uh, but I think Steven Yeager at 6,600 is, de- is definitely the low point for me. Um, I don't really want to go below him. I mean, Hayden Buckley, 6,800 yeah. is always – it's he's always a tough one because I kind of want to go to him. But it, 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 I don't know if I can do it in this kind of a field. I hate to say it. I got a guy in my lineup under that uh, that price point. Um, there's Uh-oh. two guys that I was kind of torn between. One was Brandon Wu. Um, he yep. had a solo second last week at the AT&T. His ball striking was phenomenal. He's obviously on the cut line or inside in like a majority of his PGA Tour events. He's eight for 11 and is showing since like the Fortnite last year. Um, he just looks, he looks like he's got confidence, ball striking in a week like that. It's just going to be momentum. And then Grayson Sig, like yep. I just said, if you're looking for a fifth or a sixth guy when he's eight for nine on cuts this year, that's all you can hope for. I'm not, I'm not expecting him to win. I'm not expecting a top 10. If he could just make cut and get me points for two more days, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, Sig was the one guy I contemplated going to below Steven Yeager. But even then, I I, I think more so than anything else, for me, I've gone to Sig a couple of times. And so I don't want to reach my hand into the cookie jar and get caught, you know, trying to get down to him one like too ben many Griffin. times. Yeah, like Ben Griffin or like Smotherman, I, with, I do, like I do with him sometimes. It but, happens. Uh, all right. Do you want to go through and uh, do DraftKings lineups? Yeah. Last thing I wanted to point out, um, Stuart Sink is also 6,700. He's made a couple cuts in a row. Ball strike is good. He's not, it's weird. His distance was like, he was averaging over 300 yards on distance. So he's not losing that. Yeah. Um, so that's another name I, 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 you can fill your lineup with. I'm not, I love him as a fan, probably a top 10 fan of Stuart Sink, um, but that might be biased. So. No, I, I I thought about Stewie. You and I were struggling on who I was going to do as my my sixth guy in one of my lineups, and 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 you had mentioned I should go with Stewie, but I went another route. So, all right, DraftKings lineup. Yeah, you ready to poo? That's that's the yeah. That, that should not be the start of my introduction <laughs> okay. here. But... You want to talk about it? Let's go. What do we got right. for DraftKings? Scotty Scheffler, ten thousand three hundred. Yeah. Patrick Cantlay, ninety five hundred. Tom Kim, 9,100. Taylor Montgomery, 8,300. Grayson Sig, 6,400. Brandon Wu, 6,400. Oh, wow. Woo! You're going to have a fun time on that. I knew the moment you were going into the top of you, I was like, oh, wow. He is sending it on these last two. That's that's three top. That's four top guys. Yeah, there was a lot of top guys in there. Again, I hope Sig works for you, and he might, and then you'll look like an absolute genius. I am either going to be sweating into my chair come Sunday morning, or I'm going to be floating like a king. The the wild part is that's kind of a Liam special lineup right there. Go heavy on like four or five guys and then just throw low flyer darts out there and hope they make cuts. I mean, I did, I've done that the last couple of weeks and it's, it's been, you, you, you get some butt sweat in there for sure. You're going to get a little swamp, a little swamp ass for you. Fighting through it all. <laughs> Tell me about it. You'll make it work. Um, all right. For my DraftKings lineup up at the top, I'm starting with Xander Shoffley at 10,000. Um, and then I'm going Patrick Cantlay at 9,500. I'm doing Tom Kim at 9,100. I'm doing KH Lee at 7,500. 
I'm doing JT Poston at 7,300. And I've got Steven Yeager at 6,600. It's a lot safer of a lineup. Yeah, I, I I felt a little bit like I was playing like a safety Sally route on this one, but I was like, you know what? It's been we a need couple, a bounce back week here. Yeah, it's been a couple of rough weeks for me in terms of DFS lineups. My 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 bets have been doing better. My DFS lineups had started to struggle. So this is a hopefully a back on track grouping for it. Awesome. And then I will jump into my FanDuel really quickly. I'll just preface it's a lot safer than my DraftKings. Okay. I want number one, Patrick Cantley at 11K. I jumped to Tom Kim at 10,700. I did take a little gamble at Hideki Matsuyama 10-6. This is a boom bust. I think he's obviously going to do either really good or just mediocre, which is scary. Uh, Taylor Montgomery, 9,800. Seamus Power, 9,400. And then Scott Stellings, the fullback at 8,400. Yeah, we didn't go too much into Hideki this week, but Hideki is is an interesting play because of the because of his course history here. Yeah, um, Hideki's played well here in the past. Um, hopefully he's in. Hopefully he's injury free. Uh, and in terms of options, I think you can put him this week as a one and done, and put him in lineups and put him in bets. But I don't know how many times beyond this week you want to get too fancy and start throwing Hideki, and especially when when it comes closer to major time. Um, I don't really want to mess with them in a lot of those places. Um, all right, let me get into my FanDuel. Uh, at the top, I'm starting with Justin Thomas at 11,300. Then I'm going to Patrick Cantlay at 11,000. Then I'm going Tom Kim at 10,700. I'm going Taylor Montgomery at 9,800. I'm going KH Lee at 9,300. And I'm going Steven Yeager at 7,800. Yeah, I think the um, Tom Kim price is actually really reasonable in terms of both DraftKings and FanDuel this week. Definitely, yeah. I, again, I'm high on him, and I didn't hate his pricing. So he's all he's all over my lineups. Yeah, I like it. And then let's jump into my favorite part of the adventure today. Um, five bets. Obviously, like we talked about, we'll always preface it. We only have a little bit of options. We have top 20s. We have no matchups, no top 40, top 30, or placement odds available. So go follow us on socials that I mentioned earlier for those extra bets that we are killing it on. But my five bets that are available to us right now, Tom Kim, top 20. I locked him in at plus 155. These odds are changing like crazy. He had his worst putting performance I've ever seen in my life in the PGA Tour. Um, the other week, but even if he does that, I anticipate he should be doing that number. Max Homa, top 20, plus 105. I swear he just won two weeks ago, and he's a plus number for top 20. I love to see it. I love plus numbers. Scotty Scheffler, top 20, minus 130. He just won here last year, so he's going to come defend his title. Patrick Cantlay, top 20, plus 125. I cannot believe it's a plus. I saw that number. That was one that definitely shocked me. I was I was a little sad that you got you got there before I did. Yep. And then last but not least, a little bit of a risky play, but we had to do it to him. John Rom top ten and Tom Kim top twenty parlay, and that's plus four fifty. Ooh, that'll be a that'll be a fun one for sure. Uh, you'll you'll be doing a little extra sweating and combining with your lineups and that parlay for sure. Yeah. That's the problem of working on a Sunday is I'm just sweating (laughs) as I look over to the side of me. Uh, All right. I'm sticking with my normal. I got my three bets. They're all top twenties. Um, they're all guys I like, and they're all guys I'm hoping are going to do well this week. Uh, first one, uh, Jack and I are both squad riding him. Tom Kim top 20 plus 155. Uh, my second one, I'm going back to the well. He's made me so much of my money back. Uh, Taylor Montgomery, top 20, is plus 250. 
I'm I'm all aboard. Again, I'm hoping his putter carries him this week, even though it's uh not not as needed, but his ball striking is still just as good. Uh, third, give me Justin Thomas, top 20 at plus 120. You're telling me they're giving Justin Thomas positive odds? Sign me up, please. Are you kidding me? He's still a top golfer on tour. What are we doing here? Um, yeah, so those are my three, and I'm I'm liking them. I'm, I'm needing a nice three for three this week. Hopefully get me back on pace. Let's see. So I think if if you go three for three this week, I believe if my math is correct, you'd be almost zero or net positive. Yeah, I think I'm right at about zero. And so that, that's Ooh. the goal. Hopefully I got three for three and uh, I'm right back at zero just in time for Genesis. Right? Give me a give me a couple weeks to get in the green before the uh, the Masters. Absolutely. And then why don't we go through? You just won a wild card last week, so I'll let you take a hold on that one. Yeah, for my uh for my wild picks, I I took two guys at plus three hundred odds. Um, as funny as it sounds, I'm I'm continuing to go with KH Lee. Um, his top twenty play is plus three hundred. Again, I know it's risky, and I'm not telling you to bet him, but I'm just saying that he does really well on TPC courses. I'm okay if you want to sprinkle something on a uh, on a KH Lee bet. Uh, my other option is going to be Cam Young, top 10 at plus 300. I don't love him this week, but I see the boom bust potential in him. So rather than have him in lineups and be extra risky, I'm sprinkling a wild card bet on him for top 10. It's plus 300, so the odds aren't bad. And that way, if he wins, I look like a genius because I still have him in a wild pick. Yeah, absolutely. And then I went a little bit of a riskier route. Um, no plus 400s on this week, unfortunately, but I have both Scotty Scheffler and Tom Kim to finish top 10. That is plus 850. And then I got Alex Norwin, the foreign press King top 20 at plus 300. There you go. That's uh, that's the way to do it. The Alex Norwin pick is interesting. He's played well here in the past. So yeah, funny enough about Alex Norwin, uh, Liam was actually doing some range work the other night and I was sending him pictures of Alex <laughs> Norwin's um, press at um, address and he started to stripe the ball. That hybrid was looking a beautiful. Yeah, we, we we were trying. It was it was looking pretty ugly beforehand. I was playing that nice fifty yard hook, and it was not uh, it was it's not pretty. February in the Midwest, the first <laughs> swings are going to be rough. That's true. All right, let's go to winners picks. What do you what do you got? Who who are we working with this week? Yeah, let's just go ahead and knock it out of the park. The fan favorite, Jason Day. Jay Day, got to go with him. And then I went with Alex Norn. I can't see myself. And there is another event, maybe the Scottish Open, that I'm looking at Alex Norn, but I know there's going to be bigger guys that I have left over. So I'm high on Alex Norn this week, more so than a couple other guys. So I figured I'd throw him in here. Yeah, I mean, this is a, again, this will be an interesting week for Alex Norn. I have a, I forget where I like them. I'm sure there's going to be some weak field that I'll, that I'll, I'll end up throwing in an Alex Butterfield. Norn. Yeah, Butterfield or Bermuda or one of those. Shout out to Butterfield. No diss. <laughs> full, full diss. I'm not a fan of that tournament, but that's okay. Uh, all right. So this week, I'm going top heavy for my winner's picks. Um, in all honesty, I, I could just take one winner's pick and be totally fine here. Uh, my winner's pick is Tom Kim. I, th- I think he's got strong likelihood of winning this week. I think his the way his game plays, it fits perfectly on a course like this. And so I could totally see him continuing the run. Uh, my second winner's pick is going to be Sam Burns. Um, it's a little bit of a deeper cut. He doesn't have all the history and everything else like, like a lot of the other top players have, but he has played well here in the past. Um, and again, he's on a little bit of a heater. I mean, he's, he's playing bad finishing T 16 right now. So 
let's let's see it all come together and maybe you can pull out the win. Yeah, I like to see it. I think all these are great picks. Obviously, waste management is going to be an awesome, awesome tournament, awesome week. Hopefully, we get to see a hole in one at 16 that we'll eventually get to see for the next 365 days after that on ESPN Plus. Hey, you know what, though? If somebody else makes a hole in one on 16, at least they could swap out the Sam Ryder one with whoever the new one is this year. It's unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> so, no, let's, let's hope for it. If you're not a big fan of watching golf, this is, in my personal opinion, this is the week to watch a golf tournament. I mean, it's it's not the same outside as, of a major. Out, yeah, you're right. Outside of a major, this is the week to watch a golf tournament. It's not the same as most of the other weeks in golf. Uh, the atmosphere is just a little bit different. Now, if you're Jack, maybe it's a little bit worse. Uh, but if you're like me and you like the action and the adventure, you know, it's a little bit more enjoyable. It's a little bit more high intensity. So keep an eye on it. And if you're hanging out on the weekends or if you're hanging out on Friday. Don't be afraid to uh, switch over to Golf Channel or something like that and potentially watch some of the 16. I actually, that's I'm sure that's what a featured hole will be on ESPN oh, Plus, 1, right? thousand percent. So, so if you're if you got ESPN Plus, throw on 16. Just watch guys try and stick darts into that green all day and watch their crowds go wild. Absolutely. And on that note, I just I want to reiterate once more, thank you very much for sticking with us for a full year. Um, this is an incredible journey. We hope to do many more. Hopefully that we have brought you some good earnings over the last year and hopefully we'll continue to do so. So I just want to say thank you very much and then look out for those extra bets coming on all social medias. Yeah. Growth is growth has been wild. We started out with just the, uh, the baseline and now we've got a nice little grouping of you guys that come by each week and, and make some money off of our, off of our bets and our picks. So we're going to keep it going for you and keep making you some money. Yeah. Shout out to golfer Jeff on TikTok. He's been messaging us a bunch about him tailing picks. So if you're a listener, shout out to you. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Jeff. We'll leave you to it. Everybody have a good week and let's win some money. Let's do it.